welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We pray that you would be blessed and encouraged by this week's message. I got a goal. But in the house this morning, we have some special guests that they, they're not just going to hide away. We have a beautiful man who grew up here, who has got some great memories of my life and the life of this church. Sam Nicolosi's in the house. Sammy's in the house. So good to see you, Sam. One of the cute stories, I guess, share one, one Sam story. Um, my wife and I have five children. For those of you who don't remember, some, you know, if we have a guest here, but we have five children. Sam, remember we were going camping? So the van's loaded, the pop-up. Sam's going to house sit for us for a few days, for a week, a long weekend, maybe a week at the Cape. I forget what we were doing. But Sam's on the front porch. We're getting ready to go, and he goes, Ralph, he goes, there's an angel. Remember, Sam? He goes, there's an angel sitting on the back of your camper. And I just remember the confidence in which he was, he was a seer and he was able to see angels. And at that time, I had never seen an angel. I have since then seen an angel. And if that rocks anybody here, we can talk after the service, but please don't check out because of that right now. Um, <laughs> and just remember, there are tons of stories of angels in the Bible. Angels visited Mary. Angels, you know, a lot of angels. So let's not have a hard time with angels. But that was a, a really fun moment. And I, what it did for me, Sam, I remember it like it was yesterday. I knew we had protection coming and going. I knew there was a reality of angelic's host that God has made for us. It was a really powerful moment, and uh, we ended up having a great trip. The other people that are in the house is Laura and Nate. Laura and Nate are in the house. And if you don't know, Laura and Nate, they're called to China. They have a beautiful work they're doing, a missionary work called to China, and they're having a little bambino, their first little baby. So that is awesome. So that's fun. It's good to have you in the house. How many of, uh, how many of you wake up with something that's just kind of like, it's just, you're excited? I'm excited about this morning. Um, I have this phrase that I want to try to link. I want to try to link a phrase throughout the whole message this morning. And here is the phrase. That was then. This is now. That was then. This is now. So kind of remember that. So that's one of your takeaways. How many of you know when you buy a 2015 car, an automobile or truck, that uh, before, or that was then, you got your oil changed how many miles? 3,000. When I grew up, your father taught you, your grandfather taught you, that was then, 3,000 miles. How many of you know you no longer have to do that? That, that was... That was then, this is now. You can go up to five, 7,000 miles in some of these cars. When's the last time you got a tune-up? No more spark plugs? No more, no more distributor cap? Some of these cars can go 100,000 miles before their first like, big checkup. So that was then, and this is now. How many of you have a home phone? Okay, in this group, very small percentage have a home phone. I love when people ask you, do you have a home number? And you say no, and they're like, they understand. I don't know why anybody has a home phone, personally. <laughs> you have your cell phone, your smartphone. You can interact to the world sitting at Starbucks from your phone. That was, that was then, this is now. How about this one? You guys ever see these? I love this. I call this the 
over 50 crowd on Facebook or on the internet. We love them little things. When I grew up, remember, you know, you know the when I grew up? When I grew up, we played kick the can. You know, when I grew up, we played outside and played hide and seek. Yeah, that's because we didn't have the internet. <laughs> or we didn't have uh, faith, uh, no, Xbox. Because if we would have had Xbox, we'd be, when I grew up, I played Xbox with my buds in the basement for hours. But I love that, like, this, that was then, and this is now. So if you're, if you're growing up now, you know, you're probably not playing kick the can. You're probably not going outside and playing hide and seek. And obviously, we want all kids. I don't know any parent who doesn't struggle with screen time. Screen time. We love the kids, and, you know, it's, it, it's, it's something. But um, uh, it's just one of them things that made me think about, well, that was then. And this is now. So let's keep that as a little theme. Going to try to connect a few things I feel like God's leading us into. But um, you guys ever notice this too? And I, I, I'm very, always very careful of picking on the body of Christ, so to speak, because we are part of the body of Christ, right? There's one body, many members. There's a beautiful expression. In the town of Chile, in Gates Chile, there are literally dozens of different expressions. Expressions is, is that a word? Different expressions of the body of Christ operational, right? How they operate. But why is so much energy put into, put, why is so much energy put into trying to rebuild a wall or restore a gate or so much energy on digging up an old well? Now, you, you see where I'm going with that? Because it's really fascinating. Prophets love it. It must, it must be something that excites them. We're going to rebuild the wall. We're going to rebuild the gate. We're going to dig up the old wells. And you're like, dude, God moved on way long time ago. God is progressively moving. God is progressively moving on the earth. His kingdom is, is advancing. He's not interested in digging up a new, a new well. He's actually interested in developing a new well, a new wineskin, a new movement. He's pushing his church forward. You understand that? So let, that was then. That was then. This is now. I think it's really important that even when God leads you, God has been leading me to read a little bit of Nehemiah. But when you read Nehemiah, I am not taking Nehemiah 2015 and saying we're going to rebuild the wall. Where's the wall in Rochester, New York? Where's the broken gate? That was for a time, it was for a season, it was an assignment, and there's lessons to be learned. But that was then, and this is now. So what's God speaking now? What is God releasing on the earth now? Let's not put a ton of energy into trying to rebuild or restore something or dig up something that God actually has left behind. Okay? Because even what's happening next week, there is a new wine. I'm I'm sorry, there's a new wineskin. We're going to be honoring. We're going to be moving forward. I just want to paint a picture a little bit that God is moving forward. That doesn't mean we don't honor traditions or we don't have family things that we honor. But, but I'm going to dig into this a little bit more here because this, this is interesting. You know, Jesus is our king. He's not going to be our king. He's our king. He's our high priest. 
And he is sitting at the right hand of the Father right now. And he is putting all of his enemies under his feet right now, active now. There was a time where you could not say that. That was then, this is now. Now he's on his throne, putting all his enemies under his feet. He's the head of the body. His kingdom is is advancing on the earth. Do you believe that? And we are the body of Christ, one body, many members. We operate and have gifts and functions and talents. We're a body of many, many people doing the work of the Lord. We are co-heirs with Christ. That thought blows me away that we are co-heirs. And here's what's really awesome. We now live in a better covenant with better promises. We do no longer live in an old covenant. You would not want to live in the old covenant. 613 laws. The old covenant, well, that was then. You know, there was an outer court, an inner court, a holy of holies. Once a year, they did the a Day of Atonement, where the high priest went in, rope around his leg, hopefully he didn't do anything wrong because he was dead in a moment. But once a year, animal sacrifices for the cleansing of the sin for a nation. But did that cleansing produce any inward transformation to a, to a heart? No, it did not. That was then. This is now. They had no access to the presence of God. Is that a big one or what? They had no access to the presence of God. Now, we celebrated Easter a few weeks ago. The veil has been torn from top to bottom. That is awesome. Now, what the law could never accomplish in us or through us, now we have a relationship with God, a restored relationship. Now our hearts can be transformed. And our hearts are new. That was then, this is now, it is finished. Access to the heart of the Father. We have faith in Jesus Christ, his Son. We are no longer, the body of Christ is no longer in captivity. It's no longer in bondage. Now we, if somebody was to receive, if you said yes to Jesus today, you are forgiven of all your sin. He's going to give you a new heart, a new mind. He says, I'm going to give you the mind of Christ, and that old man, that old wicked heart is going to be gone. I'm going to give you a new heart. That was, that was then, and this is now. No longer captivity. So why would you study the book of Nehemiah and then try to... Because here's what's interesting, how this was cultivated a lot. The Internet's a wild place, as we all know. But I think I came across ten commentaries of people trying to take Nehemiah and the captivity and the bondage, and place it right in to the church, the body of Christ in 2015. And I'm getting aggravated. Why? That was then. This is now. Do you understand? I believe every Christian leader, every disciple maker, should be taking people where they were before and bringing them into where they are now. Where are you now? What is happening now? You have access to the Father now. You didn't have it before. You're not in captivity and bondage. He set you free. You're no longer a slave. He said, he said, I don't even call your servants, let alone being a slave. Now you're a friend of God. Jesus accomplished a lot for us. We're no longer separated from his heart. 
Now we are co-heirs, partners with God. We are forgiven. Receive his love. Receive his forgiveness as if it was the first time you ever heard it. I said this, but that, that was then old man, old nature, old heart. Now what are we? What are we now? We're a new creation. We have a new man. We have a new heart. We have resurrection power. Man, if you don't know you have resurrection power, we used to have this little thing called television. Anybody remember that? Anybody remember literally your friends coming over and playing Pong with the two little things? Ping, ping. If you don't have resurrection power, you're like playing Pong. When like you could have this set now that blows your mind, it looks like you're playing with real people on the screen. That's really, that was then, this is now. We're not playing Pong on an old TV set. We are now saved, healed, and delivered. We've said this a few times since the beginning of the year. I pray that the body of Christ, that you would live as free men and women. You would live as free men. I like what Beth always says on that one, right, Beth? Beth, live as a free man, because I'm part of the bride of Christ, so if I'm a part of the bride, you're part of the live as free men. Walk in love. Walk in sonship. No longer orphans. We, we're, you don't have an orphan heart anymore but you're a loved son and you're a loved daughter. Come on! That's what's happening now on the earth. It's a beautiful thing. So now we are powerful saints, co-heirs, Holy Spirit-filled believers. And this is going to be linked to something, but I, I tell you, if we don't have this down, how can you move forward? If you don't have this solid um, I use the word passion, and when we were worshiping, I looked up the word, you know, passion is a great word. I pray you would have, it's an intense, strong, it's, it's an emotion, it's, it's, it's enthusiastic, intense belief in something that you're like, I'm, I got passion. Man, if we don't have this down, then what attractive message do, are we properly representing the king and his kingdom? But we are now powerful saints, co-heirs, Holy Spirit-filled believers, we are advancing the kingdom of God. That's what we are doing now. And we are part of the great army of love that God has released us to be ambassadors of planet love. And we get to represent Jesus and what he's like on the earth today. Your past, your mistakes, yesterday, doesn't matter. That was then. I think I want to do a series this year sometime. It's going to, we're going to call it the, Do You Know the God of Second Chances? Do you know the God of Second Chances? I don't know about you, but I've had like a million chances. You know, a lot of you don't know, and I'm kind of glad Juan didn't hear you. You know, I screwed up early in our marriage. Maybe you never knew that. I'm telling you now. I screwed up. If there wasn't forgiveness and restoration and healing... We would have never had four children, besides Christopher, because we had one baby. Thank God for second chances. Thank God to know a God who's second chance, third chance, you know, for Ralphie, maybe 117,000 chances. I don't know. <laughs> but your past and your mistakes, and yesterday, that was then, this is now. Your past does not dictate your future. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My past does not dictate what I'm living right now in this moment. 
So you got all that, because it's kind of like, like a little shift. I'm going to shift, and I hope you don't feel a disconnect here, because in my spirit it's not disconnected, and I hope it's communicated properly, because I just want to shift for a minute, though. And I, and I pray that it's, it's like a link, you know, it's like chain, it's like what I just shared with you is really important, I believe, because we're building and we're moving forward. So I was praying about something that we need to sp- spend more time on. Because how many of you know, you cannot put on the PowerPoint screen a vision one time. You know that? It's impossible. What is my vision? Here it is. Six points. You guys got it? Good. Let's go do it. Let's go do it. I, you know, I took a picture of them. I've been meditating on them myself. So for, for a corporate, if you're, if you're part of the New Hope family, even if you're a guest, I pray that some of the things that I'm going to take, because I always am sensitive, if this is your first time ever at New Hope and you're even passing through town, I pray some of the points I make, you would take for your own personal life. Have passion in what you're doing. Understand who you are. Live now in the moment. Understanding what God's doing on the earth. So I'm going to make this shift right here. But I want us to keep in mind this phrase, that was then, this is now. And I want, the guys are putting up this thing that we envision. We envision. Now what's really great about this is Steve, Steve wrote all this. But he represented our heart as a pastoral team. But these are his words. And we know, we, you know how that is. You share, he writes, and we put, Steve, that's great. We're going to run with this. We're in agreement with this. This is good stuff. So why don't we put them all up? Put them all up for me. Now, this is the abbreviated version, okay? I wrote down the full version, and I'm going to uh, communicate it a little bit. But the one thing I like about this, what we envision, is we envision, I want to do the highlighted words. We envision a vibrant family, a place for healing, an environment of freedom, a culture of risk-taking, a new covenant lifestyle of wonder, and a generous heart to serve and see the kingdom advancing. This is what we envision. This is a beautiful vision. If I'm sitting somewhere and I say, God, what are we all about? What are we doing? We need to build on this more. We need to see this more. We need to communicate this more. We need to build it more. We need to continue to, to grow in this. But this is what's interesting about when you have a vision for something. I believe it's very important that we understand that God is not trying to recreate something that was old. Glory that was once here 12 years ago. I had a friend say to me, the church is not the same as it was 14 years ago. I said, praise God. Nothing against Carl and Susie. I was here 14 years ago. Hopefully the church is moving, growing, developing. You know, like if if you're, um, I was with another friend. It's like when you stop moving, you're dead. You're dying. When you stop moving, you're dead. So we don't want to be dead. We want to be alive. You want to be vibrant. You want to be alive. So we're not trying to recreate or recycle some old glory that was once here. He is moving us forward. We're advancing. The Bible says he's taking us from glory to glory. We were created for glory. One of my favorite scriptures. Part of my, I'm going to get into this a little bit more, but I just want you to know that God made me a certain way, and we've been having a ton of fun at the Welton Academy. 
So I want to give one little plug for the Welton Academy. This, because that was in my notes, Jonathan. Hold on. Did you give me that 20 bucks yet? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the Welton Academy is awesome. It's a supernatural Bible school that John and Karen, who are, who are part of our family here, they lead. It's a fantastic, uh, fantastic. So this coming Wednesday night, when you do the Wednesday, when you sign up for Wednesday Connect, come and have a meal. From 6 to 7, we do the meal time. Have a great time of fellowship. And then come up on Wednesday, there's going to be a special guest that's coming in from California or Colorado? Chicago. I knew it was. (laughs) Chicago. The Windy City. They're coming from the Windy City. And she's coming in. It's actually, she'll be here Tuesday night and Wednesday night. We have a bunch of people who do the, the class every uh, Supernatural Bible School on Tuesday night. So if you're doing, come on out. But Wednesday night, she's going to do love languages. And she's an expert on love languages. And if, if it's something you've never been exposed to or you want to grow in, you know, you two should be here if you can. I don't know if you're working. But even for people getting married, newlyweds, uh, uh, the love languages is awesome. I'm going to be doing it. Um, how many of you know part of my love language? Anybody know? I like being feely, touchy, huggy, right? Wanda, hug me, kiss me, touch me. Touch my face, kiss me. Wanda, acts of service. That's why I love cleaning, doing the dishes, vacuuming for her. When, he, when she comes home and everything's perfect, it's like, she's so happy. It's really acts of service. I love her. I want to serve her. But let's do that this Wednesday. Uh, that'll be happening. Um, that was a bunny trail, wasn't it? A little bit. A little bit of bunny trail. <laughs> No, thank God for notes, because, you know, you're like, what was I talking about? Where am I? You know, like, what's going on? I think that was all to say that I have a favorite scripture. God's bringing us from glory to glory, but I love 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14. I know where I was going with it. Hold on. See, it comes back. It does come back. We're learning in the Supernatural Bible School about some of our personality, how God made us, how we're wired, how we're designed. We're learning about our strengths. Stephen did an amazing job Tuesday night on strength finders. And, our, and, and you can have a... Uh, Carl and I can have the same personality type. And fi- I got five strengths, and he's got five different strengths. Part of my strength is positivity. God made me to be a very positive person. The other part of my, my makeup is encouragement. So I'm encouraging you today, and I'm speaking positively to you today, because that's how God made me. And when I talk about thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. 2 Corinthians 2.14 Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. A A processional. It's triumph in Christ. Glory to glory. He loves victory. He loves moving us forward. He loves us growing. The same way if you're a parent, you love watching your kids grow and learn and mature. So we're going to take these and we're going to go over them for a minute because I, I got three things I want to share with you. But I want this to be something that it begins more that we talk about. It wasn't just a one-time deal here, okay? So what we envision for New Hope is a large and vibrant multi-generational family. I'm going to read a little bit more detail that's not going to be up there. A large and vibrant multi-generational family that loves God, loves people, and loves life. So I want you to have passion for that. We're going to be a place where people from all backgrounds, 
There's nothing better than to be in this position and see multi-generational ethic. When you see different people from different walks of life, and it excites you. So a place where people from all different backgrounds can come and receive healing and equipping to grow in their relationship with God. We want to have an environment of freedom. Mark shared that this morning. One of the things we fight for, we will fight for that you can be free. An environment free from limiting traditions where the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit is free to reveal more of Jesus. The Holy Spirit. I pray, I hope, hope you, when Mark talked about encountering, meeting with Jesus this morning, I pray that every time we gather, somebody is getting another revelation. Your, your, your eyes are open to the more that the heart of God, the character of God, his, his affection toward you, how he feels about you. We, we want to envision, we envision a culture that consists of those who want to do extraordinary things. How many of you have a desire to do extraordinary things for Jesus and take risks and partner with God to develop to the fullest potential in your calling and your destiny? This is good stuff. We want to be a joyful, joyful, joyful. Man, nothing worse than people who love Jesus and they're miserable. Because the end is coming and the end is near and everything's going to hell in a handbasket. And man, what kind of body of Christ we got going on here? They fall into a trap. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father right now. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places right now. Right now. This is now. That was then. This is now. We, are, we, we have been given authority. Not to shrink back, but to, to, to uh, what's that word? The domain. We want to rule and take ground and occupy space and see the kingdom moving forward. That's why we're on the earth. A joyful new covenant lifestyle that lives in perpetual wonder for all that God has prepared for those who love him. You can live to be 100 years old. You will never run out of wonder of the awesome things of God and what he's doing on the earth. You, you guys, you know, a lot of the family knows me, but I got to tell you this because sometimes, sometimes I do wonder if it happens to anybody else. Three of my strengths... I told Steve I'm out of whack, I'm out of balance. Because we did this, he did the Strength Finders Tuesday night. I said, Steve, I was concerned. Three of my major strengths are all in like the personal relationship category. You know, the three strengths that have to do with people and connecting and, and maybe crying too much and emotional and how you doing and, you know, all the, you know, uh, how you doing, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, what's that? I love that, uh, I just watched a great movie, another blank trail, but what's, I'm blanking right. Sammy, what's that beautiful thing the Italians say? Forget about it. Forget about it. I love that. Forget about it. Forget about it. How you doing? Forget about it. Don, Don, Donnie Brasco is a movie, fantastic movie. Forget about it. And I love what he tells the five different, means five different things at any certain time. Man, the lasagna was, forget about it. <laughs> um, um, Joey's car has got rust all over, forget about it. It's a totally different meaning, but forget about it. Anyway, 
Another bunny trail. But here, here's what, here's what I was wondering. Here's what I was wondering. Here's what I was wondering. Going on a bike ride yesterday, all by myself, me. It's, the weather's been like, forget about it, right? The, the, <laughs> the weather's been like, forget about it. It's awesome. We've been waiting. But I'm driving the bike. I take a corner. And all of a sudden, like, you know, like, like you know, Avatar, I notice that the grass is all green and the trees are starting to bud. And like I saw a little bee and it was like... And then, I don't know about anybody else, but like, I start crying. I start, I, I'm, I start crying. And I'm like, Lord, why am I crying? It's like I'm overwhelmed. It's like that, that freaking dead of winter was dead. Everything is dying. I hate it. You know, it's coming to life. And like, man, if you live in New York, one of our core values, enjoy summer. Because it is short. It is short. You look at a maple tree and you'll go, wow, I've been looking at that maple tree for 35 years in the front of my house. And like six months of the year, there's nothing on it. It's, it's nothing on it. I mean, the leaves, you know, not, I'm overwhelmed. But that is really a joyful new covenant lifestyle of the perpetual wonder of a living God who's alive and has things for you. The last one is a large corporate heart. Corporately. We're individuals and we're corporate. We have a corporate heart that wants to generously serve, advance the kingdom of God, making an impact within the Rochester community and the nations. And the nations. So I don't know about you, but that's like, that's like forget about it. That's like, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be saying forget about it now forever. I, I love it. <laughs> what we envision is forget about it. Because <laughs> it is like off the charts awesome. And why is not the air conditioning on right now? See, I'm, I'm already hot. I'm like, I want the air on right now. Here are things to build on. Here are things to build on because here's what I believe that God is teaching us corporately. There are things that God is building here. And it's so important. So here's some of the little, you know, I could, I could say five points, but they're just, they're, 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 they're things that I feel we have to be aware of, things we have to remember, things I believe that I hope we're paying attention to. But it's so important to see fresh vision and see a new wineskin because God's not doing the same old, same old. So every time I do this, I'm just going to Holy Spirit to just release your hands over the people of God. So Father God, for each one of these, I pray for the saints of God right now for eyes to see fresh vision. To never fall into a trap that you're doing the same old, same old. Because the universe is still expanding now. It's expanding right now. So, Father, give your people eyes to see new vision. Fresh vision. New wineskin. What is God doing? I pray that your hearts will be filled with passion for whatever he calls you to. The people of God have to be people of passion. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. What more energy supply source do you need? Passion at work. At, you're working in a correction. I looked at corrections. You're working with children. You're work, where are you working? Pa- bring passion to your work. 
there's a deep cry and a deep longing in us corporately at New Hope. And you know what, it's, you know what it is? Oh, God, we believe that this, you're doing something and we will come into the fullness of our destiny. I pray that as you're here, your partner here, that you would have a passion to see this place come into the fullness of what God has planted and grown and created here. So that was then and this is now. God wants us to keep focused on what he is doing and releasing now. One of the things you have to do when you're trying to move forward is stop looking behind you. Stop comparing and looking back. Yeah, you know, Pastor Rob, I, you know, I kind of, I've been down that road before, and you're kind of like, you're kind of a pump-up guy, kind of a hyper-signed kind of guy. I say, forget about it. That's what I tell him right there. Forget about it. Because I don't know what you're talking about. It's not hype. It's not this. It's, it's passion to see the kingdom advancing. Well, you know, I kind of, didn't we do that like three years ago? No, we didn't do that three years ago. This is, you got eyes to see fresh vision. What is God doing? Where are we moving? What's happening? Well, we, we tried that. No, we didn't try that. Stop comparing. Stop looking back. We're going to get into some naysayers. You know naysayer is a word? I didn't even know naysayer was a word until today. I looked it up. But press on. So here's some of these exhortations. Here's, here's the encouragement gift. Press on. Move forward. There's an upward call for you. You could be a guest. You're going to St. Louis tomorrow. You're going out of town. Stop looking behind you. Press on. Move forward. Remember, here's a, a few things that I want to bring out of um, reading Nehemiah, which is now fun because I, I don't want... See, some people get all crazy like, Ralph, you're disrespecting Nehemiah. No, I'm not. I'm not I, I never met him. How can I disrespect him? <laughs> right? Nehemiah. But Nehemiah is a book. He's a man. He had a season. But guess what? I want to learn about Nehemiah because you know what? Nehemiah is awesome. He had a passion. He had a vision. He did something in 52 days that will be recorded for all eternity. He rebuilt a wall during his day that was desolate. And it needed to be rebuilt. And he had, and he had approval from the king. It's a fantastic story. But here's what's awesome. I want to learn. But remember now, so here's a neat part of, uh, it's Nehemiah 2, verse 6. So Nehemiah 2, verse 6 says this. It pleased the king to send me. Nehemiah said that. It pleased the king to send me. If you don't know the whole story, you can't get into it all right now, I encourage you to read your Bibles. Okay? But Nehemiah had a, had a passion, had a burden and he wanted to see something that was... Here's how, how I think we can relate it today. When we see something that's not right, God, what can I do to make it right? How can I be used by you to correct something that's an error or shouldn't be that way? So Nehemiah said, it pleased the king to send me. And what I, what I remember now, that was then. Nehemiah said that to a man who was the king. And that's how I get out of trying to pronounce all them Old Testament words. King this, king that, that person, that person, all these names that I can't even say. But remember, now, this is now, right? Do you realize that right now, we have the heart of the king? We have the intention of the king. We're seated with him in heavenly places. 
He calls us friends, co-heirs. He actually lives in us. He abides in us. So how much closer can you get to the king than we are right now? Do you know that all the old types and shadows and all the Old Testament heroes, the cloud of witnesses from all the, I mean, all of them, you know what they would have done to say someday the very presence of the living God is going to inhabit man? That the very presence of the living God would dwell, no more temple, no more brick and mortar would live in the heart of man, and he would empower us to do great things on the earth? When Jesus said you'd do greater things, he knew what he was talking about. The earth is much better place because the body of Christ has the Holy Spirit. So I want you to know that right now, right now in this moment, that you are very close to the king. So ask the king for your, for your instructions. Ask the king for your assignment. Ask the king of what you, he has for you to do. So point number one on that would be to me, it would be you have the heart of the king. He's for you. He's not against you. It's an incredible thought. And our motivation is pure and simple. We want to see the kingdom advancing on the earth. The other interesting thing, and going through some of the things that I see in Nehemiah, in the book of Nehemiah, how many of you know that when you have vision, this vision requires participation. This vision requires participation. We gather as a pastoral team. It's part of our structure. It's a part of how, how we serve one another. You know, every organization has leadership and structure. That's how it works. The kingdom has function and structure, and, and we meet as pastor, a pastoral team. Then we meet as lead, we have a leadership team. And, it, and this came out last Sunday, and it stuck with me so strong. Two people in this church can never accomplish this vision. Impossible. How many of you know that part of my function here, if somebody got a new guest, who, who's that guy? Who's that guy saying that? Who's that guy saying all that stuff? Right? Who's that guy that keeps saying, forget about it? I don't like it. And you guys get embarrassed, or you say, I like, forget about it. Whatever, whatever side of the camp you're on, right? Right? But you say, that, oh, that's our senior pastor. That's our lead pastor. What's that mean? It means that this season, I'm called to lead. I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm leading. But guess what? If I'm leading, Wanda's leading, Stephen Joy are leading, Mark and Shara are leading, we got a lot of leaders. Dan and Cheryl are leading, Tim and Jeff. People are leading. But here's what's interesting. Six people can't accomplish that vision. Ten people can't accomplish that vision. So strong when you read Nehemiah, you understand that Nehemiah had the, one of the gifts he had was to envision others. Vision requires participation. So I pray that in your heart, in your spirit, you say, I want to partner with God. I want to partner with what God is doing here. If this is your home, you should be giving. You should be sowing. You should be giving financially. You should be sowing. You should be generous. You should be serving in some capacity. You should be participating because if you have vision, you have participation. You agree? Because if we, if we want to be active and alive, it won't be a few people. Nehemiah had the gift to inspire, 
and activate an army of people to accomplish. That task did not get accomplished in 52 days because of Nehemiah. It was all the gifts and all the talent and all the people who served with him. So I want to release this over you. You can keep your eyes open. Father, I pray over God's people right now, those who are here who can hear my voice, that you get your assignment, that you ask Father God that if you are not participating, you say, Father, how can I participate? What are my gifts? What are my talents? Where should I serve? Where should I give? And I love this because what I, what I saw the Lord doing was you need to go to the Lord and say, what is my part? If everybody does their part, we will be a vibrant, large, multi-generational church. We will be a place for healing. We will have an environment of freedom. We'll have a culture of risk-taking. We will have a lifestyle of wonder, and we will have a heart that's big and huge, and we'll have impact. So we have the heart of the king. Vision requires participation. Remember I talked about that was then and this is now? One of the worst conversations I could ever have with you. And you know, don't forget, I, I, I know I get a little crazy, but trust me, I put a lot of thought into this stuff. This is the worst conversation I could have with you because I wrote it down because I didn't want to get too crazy with it. You know, I used to do that. I've already done that. I used to do that. I've already done that. I used to do that. I've already done that. But what are you doing now? Nothing. How are you contributing? I'm not. But why aren't you dead? Some people got it, right? That's good. Why aren't you dead? Sounds rude. but it's not, I mean, I'm, I used to do that. I've already done that. What are you doing now? Nothing. If that is not a naysayer attitude, I don't know what is. I'm not activated. I'm doing nothing. I don't even know if I fit in. Well, let, can we walk? Can we t- walk this out? Can we talk? Because I'm telling you that any vision, where you work, if you don't have vision for where you work, get a new job. You know, I've raised five kids. When they got a job they don't like, I said, listen, go get another job. But there's something here about I used to do that, and I've already done this, and I'm not activated no more, and my heart breaks because I believe that God heart, God's heart breaks. So here's when I prayed over you. I want you to know that God has a place for you, that you can be helpful and useful, and it has to do with an attitude in your heart. So if that's you, we'll talk about it. Vision requires participation. Last one. Silence the naysayers. How many of you know you cannot read the book of Nehemiah without seeing extreme opposition? Extreme opposition. Naysayers. That won't work. That's impossible. People who love opposing everything. Naysayers. You know Hebrews 12.1 says, therefore, therefore, since we have, or since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, run the race. I am not the only positive person in this room. I'm surely not the only positive person in the Bible. 
Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, can you see him? Sammy, any angels here this morning, Sammy? He's putting you on the spot, buddy. You see any angels here this morning? Good. In the spirit realm, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And they're cheering, go! Come on, get this thing done! You can do it! What do you think they're saying? Run the race! They're saying run the race. They're not sitting, sit back till you die and do nothing. They're not sitting, yeah, come on, guys, do nothing. No, how about we want results? We want to see growth. We want to see the kingdom advancing. We want to see a group of people who are actively involved in the body of Christ here at New Hope. The naysayer spirit. If you are designed to think and be critical, I'm not talking about that. I pray over each and every heart and every person listening to me that if you have fallen into the trap of negative thinking in a sense where God can't do it, he'll never come through, there's opposition in your heart to everything good he wants to do, break that off of you in the power of the name of Jesus. It's an attitude of a naysayer. It's critical to the point of ugly, toxic ugliness. And we break it off of this place. We break it off of this place. Because if Nehemiah could do it in 52 days, what could God do here? What could God do here? Okay, we're going to close and we're going to pray right now. Let's close and pray. A little summary. There's three things I want you to take away that at right now, that was then and this is now. You as a believer have the heart of the king. You have the heart of the king. Ask the Lord where vision is being laid out. Vision requires participation. What is your part? How can you get involved? How can you be part of things? And silence that ugly naysayer every time it wants to steal, stick, stink its ugly head up. Shut it down. And Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that what you are doing here at New Hope corporately, that you're releasing something fresh, that we could get behind a fresh vision, a new wineskin, to see us come into the fullness of our destiny as a local church. Knowing that many, many people, many people, every member you have a plan for and a purpose, So, Father God, I thank you for your goodness over your people. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd begin to stir. I saw the Lord stirring. He's stirring. He's stirring. He's releasing. This is a new day. This is a, what he's doing now, go after it. You will not be disappointed.